What's up? What's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because there's almost always a way to monetize something that you care about. Today's guest took his passion for tailgating, and I should add that's the pregame parking lot party variety of tailgating, not the annoying driving habit variety, and turned that into a long-running and profitable online side hustle from tailgating-challenge.com. Luke, welcome to the show. What up, what up, what up? This is Luke with <laughs> Tailgating Challenge. How's it going? I love it. We'll stick around in this one to learn how Luke Lorick drives traffic and revenue, how he's grown some pretty substantial social followings for this side hustle, and how you can emulate his strategies in your own niche. The full text summary for this episode with all of Luke's top tips from the call are at sidehustlenation.com slash tailgate. And while you're there, you can get your site spinning on all cylinders by making sure to download my free guide on the common and costly website mistakes that I see side hustlers making most often. But Luke, take me back to 2012. I guess this thing goes back almost a decade with the uh, idea, the inspiration to get this thing started. I was just working my regular job and my father-in-law, like he planted the seed. He wasn't my father-in-law at the time, but he, he is now. And basically it's like, you know, find he didn't say side hustle, but like find something you enjoy doing outside of work that could potentially become something, right? Don't, you, you don't want it to feel like work on top of the work you're already doing. And so I remember one night I, I literally woke up in bed and I said, tailgating challenge, because, you know, I had a couple of business degrees and I love tailgating. I'm from South Carolina originally. And so I went to the University of South Carolina and I like, did all the tailgating out there and just have a passion for it. People coming together, having fun, football, all that good stuff. And so I got up, I made a tailgating challenge Facebook page and went back to bed. And then from there, it started to evolve, right? It started, then it got the Twitter site, then got Instagram, then got YouTube, did the website, and just slowly brought it along starting back in 2012. It's been nine years now. Interesting. I didn't realize that it started with the Facebook page. So tell me about kind of the next steps after this, this midnight epiphany and say, okay, I got to go set this thing up. I had like the vision for the, I guess the name, but then like, what is it going to be? And so my thought was, it's like, okay, like I love like tailgating. I love tailgating gear. So maybe I can be like one of those guys that just reviews products, right? And at, the, at a minimum, I'll meet some cool people and I'll get to review some cool gear. And so that's where it started. And then like, and when you start, let me just tell you, when you have about like five followers and one of them's your mom, like, it is not easy for people to like, yes, we would like to send you this cooler or this grill or this stuff. So those first couple like probably meant the most. I still remember the first two things that I ever got. Um, for now, I get stuff like all the time sent to my house. My wife says it's stopped getting so much stuff in here, but it it's changed a lot for it. So that's the first step with just figuring out like, what is it going to be? And so it started with uh, trying to get product to review and then showcase it on the platform at a very elementary level is where it started back in 2012-2013 area. Okay, are you doing this on an affiliate basis or just like a brand sponsorship basis? Or are you just doing this because these companies are sending you free stuff? Yeah, so uh, this is going to sound really crazy, but for the first few years, <laughs> the first few years, let me say that again, I did everything for free everything for free, no affiliate, not taking any any cuts, not asking for any money. It's like, I need to build up a genuine, authentic, 
uh, brand and actually get some followers right behind that too. And so it's like, if you start asking, you know, brands for like money up front when you don't really have the statistics to back it up, it's probably yeah. going to be even a slower grow. And so for a few years, like I just, it was zero income. Right. And that sounds crazy for a side hustle, but zero income coming in and but still literally working every day to try to get some of those companies to send stuff over and then start to test it and build that content out and become that subject matter expert that people can trust with what we say and that we're not going to be a puppet that's behind just some big corporation that's just throwing, throwing money at us to, to say the things they want us to say. Yeah, this is the greatest cooler that you've ever seen. Okay, sponsored by this cooler. Company. Right. What did you find effective in kind of gaining this initial following, this initial social authority? Yeah, so the first thing um, is obviously the more companies you can work with, that's that's a positive, right? Because it builds your resume. So again, back to like, I wasn't, I wasn't making money at the time, but build that resume, build those connections. And then what I was doing was not only showing people product in a, in a fair and genuine matter, but then I was flipping it. And then I was saying that now we're going to give away the product too. So the, the motto is around here is like, we review the coolest products and then we turn around and give our fans a chance to win them. And so people okay. would learn about it and then we'd bring them back for the giveaway. And obviously with the giveaways, we're hoping to gain those followers and engagement and awareness for our brand, as well as the company that was kind of putting that product forward to help with the giveaway too. And that's how we started to build it up was, was through some of that turnaround of reviews followed up with giveaways. Okay. Yeah, that's super cool. Tell me about the initial company outreach when there is, you know, maybe it's more than five followers at this point, but it's like, I'm in this, you know, 100 to 1,000, maybe even 5,000 range, you know, during, just where these companies are looking at billboards and, you know, ways to reach mass audiences. And you're like, well, I got, I got 150 people on my Facebook page over here. What does that outreach look like? I was literally sending, sending a bunch of emails, right, at the time. And I think that's, that, that's evolved a little bit, too, now with Instagram DMs. And then, obviously, if you can get a phone call, like a phone call is the way to go. I'm going to put it out there. That's going to trump any type of email or DM, period. If you have the chance to call somebody to talk about it, do that. But yeah, so I was sending out uh, emails a bunch and a lot, just no response, right? And so I'm like, okay. But a few like responded back. And you know, part of it where I was saying, too, that's like, I don't want any money from you. I really just want to show this product off. I want to do, uh, you know, put it on our, our Facebook page, do a, a blog article about it with the appropriate like backlinks to help improve your SEO or because that, that's still a win. Even if you have just a few followers, if you have your own website and you can use the SEO and help put their backlinks in there back to their brand, like those are little things that could still help them. And if they're only sending you a product, like let's remember too that, if a product costs a hundred bucks, it does not cost them a hundred bucks, right? So again, it's a it's a small amount that they're investing, and again, it's investing too that they're hoping, hey, maybe this guy actually gets bigger, and then more and more people will see this review in the future as well, too. So, but when you're not right. asking for money, that's going to help have more of those successful things with getting some of that product if that's the way you're choosing to go with your side hustle. How did you figure out the 
appropriate contact person or decision maker at these different brands? Uh, that's hard. Even today, it's still hard because I feel like there's gatekeepers and there's some you know companies where it's like the decision makers are you know working the Instagram page, right? And there's some that it's not, and they have no idea what to do with it, or they're overworked, or they just don't care, and they don't do anything with it at all. So it's still trial by error, and so it's like if it's a brand like. Now, like brands reach out to me, um, I still reach out to some if I see them and I feel like it's going to be a good fit. And if I feel it's going to be a good fit, then I, you know, I might start with an Instagram DM. Don't get a response. Okay, let me pivot over and see, can I find an email contact on their website and then hit them with that? So it's like just like starting to go through like the levels of it. If you're passionate and feel like that is going to be something good you want to pursue, like don't. (laughs) Here's one thing, too. Don't take no response as no. If you tell me no, I will accept that. But if you don't give me a response, that means you're telling me there's a chance. And so I'm still pursuing it. Fair enough. And the ask here is, could you send me some free product to review? Here's some of the social stats that I'm able to uh, provide right now. But this is an up and coming brand. This is uh, a growing, this is a growing thing, like trying to pump yourself up in a way and say, like, we're going to reach a lot of people. I'm in this for the long haul. Yes. Yeah. And what I'd say now, like a tip too, like nowadays, like put together a little slide deck for it so you can attach that to yourself to have a little uh, easy kind of click through with a couple of slides so you can see a few stats, you know, about you and like why there's value versus just like typing out like paragraphs into an email. So I feel like a a slide deck is something that every uh, entrepreneur side hustle that's doing this should have something and that they update it like quarterly too with any updated stats and information to keep it relevant. Yeah, a little bit of media kit here to say what's going on. And now, like you said, there's some social proof. Every new brand that you can get to say yes is additional social proof, additional ammunition to the next little bit of outreach that you do. Because now I see on your about page or on your media kit page, it's like, hey, we've worked with Ford, Chevy, Campbell's, Yeti, uh, KFC, Igloo, like, you know, big household name type of brands and just kind of keep keep leveling up there. Tell me about the giveaway portion of this. So this is kind of cool. And I'm curious how this maybe led to some viral growth or maybe it didn't, but like, you know, getting people to share these giveaways and, and build some positive buzz around that. Giveaways are a great tool to help get some extra engagement from your fans and maybe uh, friends of theirs too for it. And so again, it, it continues to evolve with algorithms on social media. So stay aware of that. But like the giveaway stuff like can help a lot. Like when you're like Facebook with the sharing and with tagging friends, reposting in your Instagram story, like, like these are things that can take something uh, to the next level and help grow your brand, especially if you find the right product that's resonating with your fans. Like if I went on and just put like, uh, I don't know, a random like pillow on my, on my site that has nothing to do with anything I'm doing, like that's probably not going to net the results that I'm looking for. But if I put like, hey, here's a motorized cooler with a built-in Bluetooth sound system, I guarantee you that one's going to have some hard-hitting impacts for the engagement and for the sponsoring company too. Yeah, I bet. Are there any tools or pieces of software that help run these giveaways for you or help manage those? I use a application called Gleam, G-L-E-A-M. 
And so that is one where you can actually set it to if you're trying to get people to subscribe to your podcast or follow you on Facebook or Instagram or check out like a video review you've done, like they get extra entries for that. And then like it'll randomly draw the winner when you're done. It sets the time limit. It puts all the rules and restrictions and everything in there. And then it draws the winner for it. I don't use that as my sole means of doing it. We do uh, giveaways on Facebook Live where we try to bring in active live viewers so that we can actually engage them, talk to them about the product and have a little show each week where we, we do giveaways. So it helps people, you know, stick around for the entire show because you got to tune in to win. Okay. Okay. And, and I'm sure the algorithms love that people sticking around to the end. There's no doubt. And so with the Glean application too, like note that it is a link. And so we know like most of the time, if you're thinking Facebook, Facebook is going to say, if you're putting a link into a post, you're trying to benefit. So we're going to show it to less people unless you pay us money to show it. So like note too, like that going into it and like still running certain things on Facebook where it's pure organic, like with a, you know, the comment, like share type of deal. So just like I say, like be uh, structured and diverse. Like if you're gonna do a lot of giveaways, like not just do like one, not just do a Facebook, do a Facebook, do a Facebook Live, do an Instagram, do a Twitter, do a Gleam application where you're trying to capture some of that information too and never put all your eggs in one basket. Okay. Yeah. Gleam.io. This looks like a pretty cool tool. That one is new to me. King Sumo is one that I've seen uh, referenced in the past for these kind of like viral giveaways where you earn extra entries by sharing with five friends, you know, posting it on Twitter, all that kind of stuff in the name of building your email list, building your social following. Let's uh, fast forward to when does the cash register start to ring for this thing? So doing everything for free for the first few years, building up lots of goodwill, building up lots of brand relationships. But at a certain point, you're dedicating a lot of time to this. So you got to make it worth your while. Oh, yeah. No, and that's one of the things, too. It's like you start and you think you're dedicating time and then it keeps getting to be more and more and more as all the things you see you need to do and want to do to take your business to the next level. So be prepared for that with it. But then it's like, too, okay, get to a point of, of that, too. It's like I'm to a point now with, with like 100,000 followers or something on Facebook. And then it's like, I should be doing more with this, right? I see other people doing stuff with this, like I need to monetize this better. And so then getting into it to think about like, A, we need to get an Amazon affiliate going, right? To get an Amazon affiliate going, get Google ads going so that you can have that on your on your website, YouTube, like being able, now there's certain criteria for YouTube, you have to have like X amount of followers and watch time, I believe, before you can monetize, but like work to get there because that's a good marketing or I guess revenue generating tool on YouTube as well. And then think about it, like companies historically like use like print media, billboards, radio, television, they are shifting a huge amount of their resources now over to influencer-based marketing. And that's a fact. And so starting to figure out how could, if, it, if it's a company that I do a free, I still do free reviews, still do all of that for free to keep it real and genuine and not be that puppet I spoke about because I just can't look myself in the mirror to take money to say something I don't think is the truth about a product. But if it's a product that I like after I do it, then it's like, let's figure out, like, is there a way and is there appetite on both sides where we can have a contract to do some sponsored giveaways or other type of promotions on social media that will be beneficial to both sides? 
And so that could look different for each each company and what we're doing and designing different packages with with posts or giveaways or like quarterly giveaways, whatever that looks like. And then kind of locking that in as another way to generate some revenue for the brand. If you have any sort of audience on social media or other platforms, you've probably had brands reach out and asking to partner in some way. The challenge is they often leave it up to you to determine what that partnership looks like and how they're going to pay you. So one tool to help you put your best foot forward is our sponsor, FreshBooks. With their built-in proposals feature, you can create custom branded packages that detail out what you're going to deliver and why they should work with you. Once you have an agreement, you can fire up a professional-looking invoice inside FreshBooks in as little as 30 seconds and get paid fast. FreshBooks was designed from the ground up to help people like you and I save time so you can focus on building your business. In fact, power users report saving up to 11 hours a week on their administrative, bookkeeping, and accounting tasks. That's around 500 hours a year to reclaim and refocus on the things that can really move your business forward. I want to invite Side Hustle Show listeners to get out of the proverbial or maybe even the literal shoebox full of receipts and get into the cloud with a 30-day free trial of FreshBooks at freshbooks.com slash side hustle. And if you have any questions, their Toronto-based Rockstar support team is standing by. That's freshbooks.com slash side hustle to start your 30-day free trial today. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay. My head is spinning a little bit as I'm trying to brainstorm different niches that a similar model could work in where, you know, you see this in the YouTube space where it's like lots of gear reviews, like here's, here's my setup kind of behind the scenes, what I'm using. I could do this in like gardening or car care. Like here are the cool stuff, you know, lots of, you know, home improvement stuff. Like here's the tools that I'm using. If I, if you can do this similar path that Luke is talking about where you're spending a lot of time building goodwill, doing lots of company outreach, doing viral giveaways, trying to build up this brand audience email list or whatever it may be, and then shifting slowly but surely to this influencer sponsorship model, this uh, AdSense model through Google and through YouTube, through the affiliate model, through Amazon Associates, 
Do you have a moment where you're like, I got my first affiliate commission or somebody clicked on my link or something like that? That first time I can remember like, like testing the waters with a company of like, Hey, can you do like 25 bucks like for like a couple of social media posts this month? And they said, yes. And I was like, that seems like nothing, right? It seems like nothing now, but that first time is like getting that first sale, that first dollar bill you can put up on your wall for it. And so like that means something moving forward and like, don't, don't mistake something that seems to be like a low value, like that's still progress. And so never forget that either. Oh, I totally remember my, my first sales in a bunch of different businesses, like from cold calling door to door. And this, you know, young couple was the first couple that, uh, that ever booked a job with me. And I can, I could probably still find that house down in, uh, in Renton where, where we did that job. And same thing with the online stuff. It's like, you know, you hit refresh on the report and you see your $4 in commission or whatever. You're like, Hey, this is for real. Or in self-publishing, like somebody bought my book. Like, I don't know, maybe I've gone beyond my own circle of influence and somebody outside of the family bought this book. Um, and it's always this cool moment of, uh, of bringing the cash register for the first time. What does the revenue pie look like today? If you're comfortable sharing, it sounds like there's there's a few different income streams here. Yeah. So if we're just breaking it down, like into, I guess, the percentages or the top ones, the top ones are going to be uh, contracts with companies, right? We're doing some of these giveaways and promotions. That's going to be the top one, followed by YouTube, followed by Amazon, followed by Google uh, AdSense for it, probably in that order. The last two, Amazon and uh, Google could flip-flop depending on the on the months or the actual time. Because like with the Amazon part, it's like a lot of that's on me. Like I have to push those links and push that out there. So if I'm not as diligent or I have more going on on the contract side with these other companies, I have a lot more content that I need to produce and put out. That's going to take a backseat to it. Where the Google ads, it's like, well, if people are going to the website and stuff, then that's still going to run without there being like as much diligence of like focus on it. Has there been a focus on SEO for like, you know, brand name or product name? review type of keywords, like catching people later on in their buying cycle or in their decision-making process and trying to be that last-click affiliate? Yeah, SEO, like I, said, I don't know if I have a perfect answer for that because that's still something that I, I, I work on. I, I like to try to focus on the on the product because the majority of the content I do is on product reviews on the website and, and putting that up there. And so trying to be relevant within like that particular product and that review. So when someone's searching to learn about a product to buy, like trying to get it to rank highly on there and doing that both on the website and then on YouTube is another another critical one because it's like, hey, you want to rank in the top three on YouTube to get those views. And so that's really my biggest focus with SEO is still with YouTube, but I still try to do it on, on the website as much as possible. But the focus is mainly on the products versus maybe maybe the brand of tailgating challenge, if that makes sense. No, totally. That makes sense. Lay on us some of your uh, your best YouTube uh, SEO tips. This is, in a lot of ways, I believe, faster and perhaps simpler than Google SEO or traditional oh, written is. content SEO. But curious to get your take. Tell us what what's working now in the world of YouTube SEO. Yeah, so I appreciate that question because that was something that with the pandemic hit last year, like all those contracts I had with companies, like... Bye-bye, like gone, just like that. And so I know a lot of people are probably in the same position. Like, yeah, like Luke, I relate to that. And so then I was like, okay, well, I have some more time on my hands now because there's uh, some of this other stuff I'm not having to do. So I'm like, where can my focus be to help insulate myself a little bit more where I'm not as reliant on that and have another income stream coming through 
for that. And I was like, YouTube has to be it. So I put my focus on a like producing better videos. Right. And I look back at some of my first ones and I'm like, man, those were kind of not good. I mean, I know I'm still not perfect now, but it's come a long ways uh, with the evolution process with the actual content. So content is king. Make sure it is good content. But then starting to get into like keywords. So if we're taking like, say it's a cooler, for example, I, and it's a cooler review, I'm going to put like the cooler review in the in the title. We're going to put the hashtags like you can put hashtags in the body in the link description. So I usually put two hashtags in there, something that's relevant for that particular product. I'm going to include some of the keywords in that first paragraph on YouTube in which we're talking about. So that that particular cooler review in there. And then you can also put uh, some of the, they're not the hashtags, but the other tags you can put on the, on the back end of it as well for things that are going to be searchable. And then the other thing that is, I feel is very important with YouTube is like consistency and not just putting out one video and be like, well, I'll put another one out in six months. Like I'm putting content out every single week on YouTube. And right now, too, YouTube has shorts. So shorts are what YouTube is focusing on. And so here recently, I've been putting my focus on that, too, because like the algorithm is letting more people see those shorts. A lot more people see those shorts than they are with the regular videos for it. So, again, make like play both sides of it. So don't just get stuck into one thing. As new things come out, these companies want you to use them. And it's usually going to be beneficial for you to do so, too. So explore those options when they come out. And tell me a little bit about YouTube shorts. This is their answer to reels and TikTok or what are they what are they trying to get done here? Oh yeah, I, that, that's what I feel that it is and it's like 15 second nuggets. And so I think it's in the society where it's hard to keep people engaged for too long. They're thinking too like hey, 15 seconds like hit it with something good and the people can just kind of flip through those things and watch like really short things or bite-sized digestible videos forward and so that that's where it is right now so give us 15 seconds of a of a good video or a couple of short short videos like stipped together and uh you're gonna get probably i mean for some of these things like i'm getting hundreds or a couple thousand views where if i posted the same thing in the same time you're getting like a fraction of that for a full-size video unless you're you know, giving it time or sharing it out. This is with no shares or any type of boosting or anything. It's just way more valuable right now with the algorithm. But again, <laughs> that too is subject to change. Yeah, of course. Interesting there. Are you able to syndicate these or repurpose these to other social platforms? It depends. So like, I like to share YouTube links like on on Facebook and on Twitter to help again with that SEO and and kind of building it up a little bit. But sometimes too, it's like just putting the video, like that 15 second video or 60 second video on Instagram, on Facebook, like those are valuable things too, because it's more organic where there's not a link that someone has to go to. So Facebook is saying this is more relevant and more users will see it on that platform. So play the algorithm game is what I'm trying to get to. Okay, so I'm on your channel now. This is the Tailgating Challenge YouTube channel. Just over 9,000 subscribers on here. So I see videos like Grill Kilt Review. This is like a utility belt thing that holds all of your uh, barbecuing equipment or all your barbecue tools. The Hitu Heated Vest Review. That's a very interesting product. Are those sponsored videos or these are brand partnerships? 
again, every video on there is stuff I do for free up front, right? So if something develops afterwards and they say, hey, we want to work with you more, we like the video, we're glad that you liked it, then great. Otherwise, there's some videos on there. That's the only thing I did for that company, never got a penny for it. And that is what it is. There's other ones where, you know, we still have some great relationships going on. Okay, never got a penny for it. But you now you have content, people can discover your channel, Correct. maybe they subscribe, maybe you earn YouTube ad money, maybe you earn affiliate clicks from it, you know, lots of other good things can happen as a result of creating that content, but just not not necessarily ringing the cash register right up front. Correct. Correct. Have you found, because we've heard this from a few guests, that, you know, I built this business around something that I was interested in, something that I enjoyed doing, tailgating in this case. Have you found it more difficult to just enjoy a Saturday morning at the game now that I got, well, I got to film something. I got to create content. Like you turned it into work in a way. I, I say yes and no, because sure. Cause that's always in my head. It's like, okay, I'm thinking of the shots. I'm thinking of like, where's the best place to shoot the video? Who do I need in there? Like all this stuff for it too. So I try to like, when we go to tailgates or do this stuff, I try to get it done like early on with like, say if I got one or two shots I need to get done and then get into the fun because after three beers, I try not to be on camera, and that's just my personal personal thing. With it, but it's the balance, and so that's the that's the fun part about tailgating challenge too. Is like we're testing out fun stuff, and so it's something that like I can bring in almost anybody to like help with it, play with it, and like they have a great time. And given to we get so much stuff that I've used like, hey, if you want one of these, you can just take it home with you too. So like friends and family like have a lot of fun doing this, which is what makes it easier. We're still trying to balance that corporate America job that we have too. Where do you want to take this thing? Like, is this so it's still very much a side hustle? I think I saw you post somewhere, you know, between one and three thousand dollars a month on average, and I imagine somewhat seasonal as well. Is it something that you foresee becoming a full time thing? Again, I think if we're being honest, every person that's doing a side hustle, like they, if they, if they enjoy the side hustle, they want it to become a full time hustle. For I, I don't know if it ever will be right because I, I have a have a have a really good corporate America job, but at the end of the day, like. I haven't taken a day off in nine years of doing this, doing something to move the business forward. And so with that, at the end of the day, if it does, awesome. If it doesn't, I have zero regrets about anything that I've done. I like this call to do something every day to move the business forward, this uh, persistence, this consistency here. What's a typical day in the life, especially, you know, maybe on season versus off season? I get up early and I make breakfast and I put on some type of sports in the background. And from there, I am setting all of my social media posts for the day. So I'm going through and doing the timing and getting everything set up so that like when I'm working, like it's still like popping out posts and looks like I'm actively engaged on social media, but I just have the scheduler set up to do all of that. And then like on breaks or a lunch break, like go in there to check, do we have any, you know, emails, direct messages and stuff I need to get back to people on for it. And then same thing in the evening. It's like, okay, do we need to send out an email blast for this? Do we need, is it time to do our weekly like live video that we have to get done usually on Thursday nights for it? And then the weekends are usually spent filming content. And so we try to get about two to three videos uh, done um, on the weekends. And then part of that next week, too, is writing the blogs and doing the video edits um, in the evenings as well, too, so we could help publish that content out. 
what kind of tools are you using to do the social media scheduling and uh, and manage the email list? Yeah, so I mean, with Facebook, Facebook is where I do all my scheduling, and that's just within the Facebook application, honestly. For that, so you can do that in Facebook uh, business page and the Facebook uh, groups. Uh, we have a tailgating challenge Facebook group as well, too, so I can put stuff in there and help engage further with some of those active uh, tailgaters that are out there. And then I just, I mean, for the email blast, I just have, gosh, I can't even remember the name of the program right now, but it's, it's one and I just type it up and then you can schedule it as to when you want it to, to go out and boom, it is, it is out there. Okay. Obviously there's been a lot of algorithm changes over the last uh, you know, nine years of doing this, especially on Facebook and, you know, organic reach for a Facebook page has been diminished and in some ways, group reach has been diminished as well. Like, what kind of content are you seeing perform well these days? Yeah, unfortunately, a Facebook algorithm since about 2017 has taken a, a hard hit for all all businesses. But some of the content, obviously, some of the viral giveaways or stuff that's going to continue to get good engagement. And then, I mean, you want something you're going to post that is going to elicit a response from your viewer. And I'm not always perfect with that, but that's what the goal is. You want something that's intriguing enough that someone's going to like take an action. They're going to hit a like button. They're going to put a comment in there. They're going to share it. And so like that can, that can either be a thought-provoking question you put out to your audience, or it could be a very unique product that you put out there. And then like your caption, or, like how you caption that to try to get a list of response from them. So again, that is the, I think that's what all social media people are trying to figure out every day is like, how do you bust through the algorithm and how do you grab that response from people that's going to make more and more people see it because people are taking actions on it. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you, whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. Okay, I'm going through some of the uh, posts recently, and it says mac and cheese is more important than turkey for Thanksgiving. <laughs> yes or no? So try to uh, you know get people to uh, respond in the comments there. What else is on here? Eat asparagus to avoid a hangover. I don't know where you found this picture. 55 shares on this one. Is that the, just the name of the game, trying to get somebody to make a comment? Yeah, a comment, like I said, tagging a friend, like hitting the like button, like all of those things weigh into the algorithm. And the more people that do that, the faster the post is up, the better chance it's going to have to be seen by a lot more people. Okay, we found uh, non-alcoholic beer for your dog. Which flavor do you think your pet would like best? Okay, so asking people to name their name their favorite flavor or their pet's favorite flavor from the picture here. Okay, so co content like that, basically trying to 
like you said, elicit a response in some way, get people to comment. And we said, we did a whole um, episode on kind of growing a, a Facebook audience uh, a few months ago with uh, Chantal Laverne on her fun sensory play Facebook page. And so she's got some good examples of, of different stuff that you can post there as well. How about for, for Instagram, same, same strategy there, just trying to send some positive signals to the algorithm. Yeah, so obviously a, a good picture is going, to, is going to be good, and then obviously hit it, if you can hit some good hashtags, like some of the ones that are being utilized more, like in the tailgating uh, sphere. I'm going to hit some of the, like tailgating tailgating season, and then if it's anything with food or grilling for the tailgate, like th- those are some of the hashtags that can get some responses to in the in the grilling and, and foods and and foodies um, and grill master and stuff like that. So make sure you use the hashtags appropriately. And if there's okay. uh, people that uh, that you're friends with or that are similar persuasion that are like re- like relate to that particular post, like tag them in there because then maybe they're coming in there and they're hitting the like button and dropping a comment and stuff on there too. So. Like bring if you have some friends, like don't just start tagging a bunch of random people or you're gonna not make <laughs> not make any friends, but just like tagging hashtags and again the quality content that hopefully will elicit that response or engage the user are gonna be things on Instagram to look for. Okay, tagging people you know who are gonna like this. You know, people who you who you know personally, like, hey, I know you're gonna get a kick out of this. I just wanna make sure you see it. Even if there are other brands that you worked with before, and like, because one of the things with tailgating challenge is that like, we brought a lot of brands together, and they're like, "Wow, this could be a great complementary brands to come together and do stuff." So sometimes I'll just I'll just tag them another brand in this. I'm like, "Hey, this could be something really cool for you all to take a look at uh, for your for your brand as well." Okay. Any surprises along the way, or anything that you would do differently if you were starting over? <laughs> I mean, I, most people probably say this, but I, I would have started sooner. Um, sure. for it because I'm like, man, the algorithms back in the day were so good. Like we have over 250,000 total social media fans, but I, I feel confident saying like that number would be a lot higher. It's so hard to get fans nowadays. It used to be like, there was one week where I got like 10,000 new fans on Facebook with a, with an awesome giveaway promo. And it's like, we, I could run the same promo with the same everything today and you might get a couple hundred. And that's just, uh, that, that has nothing to do with the product or the brand. That just has to do with like Facebook is just like chopping us at the knees for that. So s- starting earlier and then just, I don't know if it's different, but I just, I always encourage people to think like overnight successes don't happen overnight. And so like, you've got to put in the hustle and the grind and do it consistently for there to be a chance. So many people I see like have all these great ideas and say they want to do, you know, similar stuff like this, but they don't see immediate results. Then all of a sudden their, their hustle fades and then they fade off and it just kind of becomes a distant memory. So it's like, you have to be passionate about it. You have to want it. You have to know there's going to be some adversity and some challenges and that's going to happen on day one. That's going to happen on day 2,821 as well, too. There will always be things that continue to happen. And how you deal with that is going to relate to your success, period. Yeah, absolutely. What's the relationship between the Facebook page and the group and the types of content that gets posted to each? Yeah, so I mean, with Facebook, with the groups, like that is more like fan. It can be more fan driven where it has a forum for them to like post things and talk about stuff more. 
for it. I still use it to help like showcase, you know, different giveaways and stuff we have going on with it. But it's like, like on our main business page, like fans just can't come post on the timeline in the Facebook group fans, like somebody today just put a picture in because we're talking about a tailgating grill that we're going to do a promotion with next week. And one of the fans that like, oh, I have this grill. Here's what I think about it. Here's some photographs of it. And so they can okay. actually make those posts within the Facebook group. So there can be a lot more user engagement. Okay. What's next for you going into uh, 2022 tailgating? What's, uh, what's the future hold for this business? Well, one of the things I'm working on now is uh, setting a Guinness World Record. Uh, so I can't give too much details about that, but um, I'm, I'm excited about it. Uh, we have some wheels in motion for it. So uh, Guinness World Record, I still want a tailgating TV show. I have not been able to make that happen yet, but that is something that I, I feel like has a place and it uh, hasn't been explored very much in, on the television sector. And then just continuing to build the brand, right? Working with some hopefully more major companies and smaller companies alike just to continue to bring in the revenue, build the resume. And at the end of the day, just like spread that tailgating love to all the tailgating family out there. It's such a fun niche because I mean, yeah, who, who doesn't love tailgating? I came across a guy who was his side hustle was basically setting up really high end tailgates for apparently well to do alumni. And he's like, oh, we'll set up the, you know, outdoor TVs and I'll cater it or I'll, you know, I'll run the grill for this thing. And, you know, he had himself, you know, booked out there with his five, six Saturdays for the for the fall he was he was taking care of. But that's cool. Anything else on the horizon? I, you can't you can't just tease the world record thing and then, well, I can't really speak I know, about it. I know. But at the same time, I can't like say what it is because I don't want anybody else to like start. I don't think anybody would, but it's going to be something that has a little bit of tailgating relevance. And I'll say it's not having the world's largest tailgate. I feel like that's where people want to go up front, but that's not what it's going to be. For it, there will be a little bit of uh, danger involved and a little bit of cost assumed with some of the stuff I have to do for it. So, sorry, it is going to be a shameless teaser, but I will get back to everybody with that. I have the application in to Guinness Book of World Records already. So, they're reviewing. It's like a 12 week process for them to review. Like, unless you pay them like thousands of dollars up front, then they'll put it in the five day <laughs> turnaround. And I'm like, <laughs> Uh, it's an outdoor thing and Colorado in the wintertime, we can, we can take a little bit of time and wait for the spring to do this thing. Yeah, that's that's kind of funny. Guinness was thrown out, this is a total side note, as the World Records book. It was like one of the original examples of content marketing. We need people sitting in the bar longer, drinking more beer. So we'll start to put together these lists of crazy world records and give people something to talk about in the bar. I always remember that as like, I think this is in one of uh, Gary Vaynerchuk's books. It's like an early example of content marketing. And we're all just, you know, following in the footsteps of this 300 year old uh, beer brand here. Well, Luke, this has been awesome. Thanks for sharing uh, all this stuff. Let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. Never give up, right? Keep pushing forward every single day, even if it's just a little bit Find a way to make some level of progress with your business daily. Yes, I like that call. That feeling of progress can be painfully slow at times, but you got to keep pushing that boulder up the hill. So I appreciate you sharing that. Tailgating-challenge.com is the home base. We'll link up all of the YouTube channels and social platforms as well in the show notes for this episode at sidehustlenation.com slash tailgate. 
Big thanks to Luke for sharing his insight. Thank you to FreshBooks for sponsoring this week. When you hit up freshbooks.com slash side hustle, you can start to get your books in order with a 30-day free trial of the number one invoicing and accounting solution for freelancers and side hustlers everywhere. That is it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen, and I'll catch you in the next edition of The Side Hustle Show. Hustle on.